You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Timberwolves host Atlanta Hawks on Monday night. As the first game of a three-game homestand after playing it for the last five games on the road, we're going to close the show today by previewing that matchup between the Wolves and Hawks. Uh, there's plenty of other stuff to talk about today on the show. First off, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, as well as all your audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and also the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K. Ian. All right. So in addition to Wolves Hawks, I want to cover the Iowa Wolves, the G League team, where, you know, how the last couple of weeks have gone for them overall, who is who is impressing at the G League level. Uh, it's pretty similar to where it was a couple of weeks ago. A couple of guys have really stood out head and shoulders above the rest. So I want to key in on them a little bit later. I want to start, though, with uh, uh, we're getting into trade season, right? I mean, we're you know, it's it's a little early, but we're headed into the second week, really, of December. Um, you know, mid-December is when a lot of the guys that were acquired in the offseason across the league are now available to be moved. Um, and this is when teams, things start to pick up, at least the chatter picks up. We don't traditionally see a ton of major trades. I guess, you know, James Harden, jeez, uh, just last year, I guess. Uh, but, but there's usually not a ton in December, January. It's, it's, this is when we start to hear the chatter. Here's what teams are looking for. Here's guys that might be available. I'm sure we'll start to hear some John Wall stuff, you know, things like that. Um, it, but as we all know, deadlines are what forces action. And so we may not see anything happen until much closer to the deadline um, later into the, into the 2022 calendar year. However, we're starting to see the, the rumblings of here's what teams are looking for. Here's who could be available. Teams are starting to decide like, Hey, we're in this or we're not in this, this year. It's still a little early, of course, which is why we won't actually see the trigger be pulled on many of these rumored deals. Um, but we're already starting to hear it a little bit about the Timberwolves. Uh, for instance, John Krasinski and his podcast, his fantastic podcast, uh, John Krasinski of the athletic, of course, I think it's the talk North podcast, um, is, is the name of the show. He talked about, uh, miles Turner is a name to look out for. And, and I think that's a name we've talked about him on the show before. I think I did a whole episode in the off season about why he'd be a great fit next to Carl Anthony towns. We'll touch on him briefly today, but I want to focus more on Larry Nance Jr. And this is, to be clear, John's rumor was more like, hey, keep an eye on this guy because, I mean, he's hearing things, right? Miles, or excuse me, Larry Nance Jr., this is the the reason I want to talk about him is because of an ESPN article, an ESPN Insider, ESPN Plus article from last Friday, I believe, um, that talked about five potential trades that could shake up the playoff race. The fifth one listed was Larry Nance Jr. to the Timberwolves. And I thought this was fascinating, mostly because of what they thought it would take the Timberwolves to land Larry Lance Jr. So I guess let's start with with why he's a fit first and then get into the potential return or potential, I guess, uh, what, what the Wolves would have to give up to get him. Um, and then also, it just, just is this feasible talk, contract, all that good stuff. So Larry Lance Jr. is a really intriguing, if not ultra exciting, I mean, he's not, to be clear, 
the cost to acquire Lillianus Jr. will not be anywhere near what the cost to acquire a Miles Turner would be, uh, nor should it be. And to a lot of casual fans, acquiring Larry Nance Jr. isn't going to be a sexy acquisition. I mean, Nance is, uh, he's averaging, what, 6.3 points per game, 4.9 rebounds per game. His career highs in points per game, he's only averaged 10 points a game once in his career. Um, And he's only averaged, you know, over seven rebounds twice in his career per game. So to the casual fan, they're going to say, okay, great. This guy's not even starting for a mediocre Portland team. Uh, he's never averaged more than 10.1 points per game. Why are we doing this? Well, uh, here's why he'd be a great fit. He is almost in some ways. Now their offensive games are different when, when they actually have the ball in their hands, but in some ways the fit would be similar to that of a, of a fully realized Jade McDaniels. Now, again, McDaniels has a higher ceiling. I do think he's got much of a, a much greater offensive upside than Larry Nance Jr. ever did because McDaniels could do more with the ball in his hands. He can create a little bit. Um, and I think his, I mean, his outside jumper, while a little bit underwhelming to this point, it still looks better and, and, and will very likely end up being better than Nance's. However, Nance is a mature defender. He's a, a, a bigger, stronger body that can, you know, bang on the glass and, um, you know, be a more effective kind of rugged front court partner next to Carl Anthony Towns and Jaden McDaniels can at this current moment. Also, we know that Chris Finch likes to play McDaniels at the three more than he does at the four anyway. Um, but if the Timberwolves were to acquire Larry Nance Jr., he wouldn't take the spot of Jared Vanderbilt. He would simply bump McDaniels permanently to the three, or at least for the rest of this season, to the three spot. And then you have the four split between two very rugged rebounders, switchable defenders, athletic, bouncy players, strong players in Jared Vanderbilt, and Larry Nance Jr. So that's the role he would play. He's a versatile defender, a decent rim protector, a, a good rebounder. Um, he can hit an open three in a pinch. He shot 36% from three last year. He's 32.4% this year for his career. He's 33%. So he's probably a titch above league average. I think that's going to even out a little bit. He's been, uh, his last two years in Cleveland, he took, Together, those two years, he was about 35.5% from three on on roughly three attempts per game. So he can stretch the floor, uh, not any worse than McDaniels can at this stage. Uh, he's not going to you know, take you off the bounce or and or distribute, create any of that stuff that McDaniels theoretically can do. But we're not really seeing McDaniels do much of that anyway when he's with the first unit. And Jared Vanderbilt's not doing it. I mean, he can handle the ball in the open court, Vando can, but he's not about to you know initiate in the half-court offense. So that's why Nance is, is an intriguing fit. Because he doesn't, there isn't the expectation he's going to do some of those things. He's a you know twenty nine, about to be thirty year old veteran who knows his role, can be a defender, be a versatile defender, help on the glass, help protect the rim a little bit, um, switch onto onto wings. Uh, he's you know six seven and and has decent enough lateral quickness. Um, so I, I, you know I, I like the fit. With the Timberwolves, all things equal, I think he's the, the and the Wolves have reportedly always been interested. Going back to when he signed the extension in Cleveland a couple of years ago, Gerson Rosas was was often cited as being interested. There was a rumor before the deadline, I think, last year that that the Cavs at that time were interested in Ricky Rubio and the Wolves were interested in Larry Nance, and there was some discussion there, um, and it ultimately didn't happen. But Nance is such a good especially defensive fit next to Carl Anthony Towns, that the conversation makes some sense. Now, I think it's a little more complicated that he's in Portland currently than when he had been in Cleveland. I think that'll make the trade maybe a little bit more difficult to consummate. So I want to get into what the return could look like. What ESPN is projecting, the experts at ESPN would say, hey, here's what the Wolves could potentially give up for Nance and the contract and all that stuff. So I want to do that next. 
And uh, then we'll get into Iowa Wolves and the uh, the Wolves-Hawks preview here still on the show today. First, though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show. And that, of course, is our friends at Prize Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offer all the superstar players as well as bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown if you're playing football. Obviously, all the all the offensive uh, basketball categories, defensive basketball categories. Um, users that deposit and use this promo code will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That promo code is NBA. Simple. You can't forget it. Promo code NBA to get a hundred percent instant deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. All you need to do is pick two to five players and an over under over or under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not taking on any other individuals or fantasy experts or anything like that. Prize picks also allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on say, uh, Carl Anthony Towns points combined with the under on Kirk Cousins, interceptions thrown. If you're, if you want to do a Minnesota, you know, prize picks, uh, entry on a, on a Sunday when the, when the Vikings are playing as well. Um, you can use the award-winning app on both the app store and Google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA again, promo code NBA, or go to your app store, download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's also talk about our friends over at DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, uh... Let's keep talking about Larry Nance. First, uh, a quick, uh, a second thank you for those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Again, we're free and available on all platforms. So anywhere you like to listen, or including YouTube, you can do that uh, here with Locked on Wolves. And, and I thank you for for doing that, for subscribing. Uh, okay, let's keep talking about Larry Nance. Um, so we've established that he's a fit next to Carl Anthony Towns, especially defensively, low usage offensively, can be a good pick and roll partner, uh, a, a lob threat, athletic, all those things, kind of what you'd look for in a prototypical match next to Carl Anthony Towns, but a little more experienced, a little more polished than, say, a Jared Vanderbilt. And the advantage, again, to the rotation is you can always have one of those guys on the floor and you could play small. The Wolves don't play Vanderbilt at the five very often. They did it briefly the other day. Uh, I forget which game it was, but they did it very briefly. But with Larry Nance, you could play Nance at the five. And now, obviously, you've got Nas Reed, so I don't know that you need to do that very often. But in the case of foul trouble, et cetera, depending on matchups, that is an option. But you could always have one of Nance or Vanderbilt on the court at the four next to Carl Anthony Towns or next to Nas Reed and not have to worry about putting Jaden McDaniels at the four. You could leave him at the three most of the time and unless you really want to play small. And, and I think that would be great. So what would it take to get Larry Nance Jr.? Uh, well, so this ESPN article from Friday of last week, again, an ESPN Plus and Insider uh, subscription only article, uh, they've got the Timberwolves giving up 
Josh Akogi, Jake Lehman to make the salaries match and a top 14 protected first round draft pick. So a lottery protected pick next year, it would become a pair of second round picks if not conveyed in the next two years. So it'd be protected through the 23 draft. And then after that would convey into two second round picks. I think it was a 23 and a 25 second rounder. Um, Side note, according to online trade machines, the fans boat trade machine, this actually wouldn't really work in terms of salaries. It's close, uh, but I think the luxury tax comp, I think this would bump the wolves right up against it. So I believe they'd have to throw in another salary. Maybe it's Jalen Noel. Maybe you send out a slightly bigger salary and take somebody back. But this is close to to something that would work from a salary perspective. So if all you're giving up is a lottery protected first rounder and essentially Josh Okogie, because Jake Lehman's not a rotation piece, he's a free agent at the end of the year anyway. So that doesn't really matter. I mean, wouldn't you give up Josh Okogie in a first round pick to basically solve the power forward spot? Because I truly believe 48 minutes of Jared Vanderbilt and Larry Nance Jr. I mean, what do you want to put, who do you want to put next to Carl Anthony Towns? There's only enough ball to go around, right? So we're not looking for somebody who's going to score 18 a game at the four. D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Malik Beasley in this scenario is still on the team. These guys are all getting their shots up. You don't need a guy who's going to shoot the ball a lot. So your four spots solved with Jared Vanderbilt and Larry Nance Jr., I mean, there's 48 minutes right there. McDaniels plays mostly the three. You have Beasley and, and Edwards and Patrick Beverly mixing in on the, on the wing at the two and the three. Um, and there's your rotation. This is, to me, almost a complete no-brainer. Uh, the salary, by the way, is, is very reasonable. It's a little over $10 million this year, so you have the rest of this year. And one more season. So you get one more year of Larry Nance. It's not a complete rental. And he'll be 30 next year. He's, he's, I think I said earlier he's 29. He's about to turn 29. So he'll turn 30 during next season. So he'll be a free agent again, unrestricted free agent at the age of 30. Maybe you extend him. You're able to keep him for a, a little bit of a more affordable deal. But you're only paying him, you know, whatever the prorated of 10.7 million this year. And then next year, nine, roughly 9.7 million. That's very reasonable um, for what he provides. And I think it's worth a lottery. I mean, it's worth a lottery protected first rounder. Uh, this year or next year, plus Josh Okogie. The only true downside here is that uh, you are probably limiting the minutes slightly of a Jaden McDaniels because, I mean, he's going to lose minutes before Anthony Edwards loses minutes. Uh, maybe it's Malik Beasley that gets cut out a little bit and you play, you see more Beverly and Edwards and less Beasley. Uh, that would be a slight, maybe a bad thing, but I mean, like you're making the team better. The whole goal is to, to win games and make the playoffs. So that doesn't really bother me that much. The only thing would be you're losing your uh, w- one of your two, your two, one of your only two top flight perimeter defenders, point of attack defenders and Josh Okogie because Patrick Beverly then is the only one left. Jade McDaniels is a good defender. Jared Vanderbilt is a good defender. Larry Nance Jr. is a good defender. Uh, But these guys are all bigs that can switch onto wings. They're not going to guard the ball. They're not going to guard the point of attack on the perimeter necessarily on most nights. That's not your ideal situation. So now you remove Okogie from the equation um, and, and you're left with only Beverly. I think this is okay. I mean, remember Okogie was out of the rotation for basically two weeks. He was hurt. But there were a couple of games he could have played and he just didn't get into the game and just recently rejoined the rotation, mostly because Beverly's out. Um, so, I mean, you're losing a Kogi. It leaves you with Beverly and a host of average to below average defenders on the perimeter. That's my only real concern. But if you're so good defensively everywhere else and you're switchable, you're versatile, you have a lot of Pat Bev minutes. If D'Angelo Russell is truly going to keep playing average defense, we spent a lot of time on this last week on the show that D'Lo has been really good defensively this year. And I, I truly believe I truly believe, or I truly mean he's been average, maybe even a little bit better than that as a perimeter defender this year. We've seen Beasley improve. We've seen Edwards improve. If those things hold true and if McDaniels can keep getting better, you can get away with trading Josh Okogie in this scenario. 
Um, and, and if it were me and this trade was on the table, I wouldn't do it now, but I would, I would be prepared to pull this trigger, um, pretty quickly. And, and I guess I could be convinced to do it sooner rather than later, just in case there ends up being other teams, other contenders or fringe contenders looking to shore up their, their front court rotation. An aside, I mentioned this a minute ago. I do think it'd be trickier to get him from Portland than it would be from Cleveland. Obviously the Timberwolves and Blazers are both in the same conference and, and you're talking about teams that are essentially going to be in the same realm at the end of the year, battling it out for probably the seven, eight, nine, ten spot in the play in as of now, the Blazers are 11 and 13. The Wolves are 11 and 12. Now I think things surrounding the Blazers are a little bit more negative than they are around the Timberwolves. Uh, the Damian Lillard stuff from the off season, now his injury, um, the, the, the aura around the Blazers isn't quite as positive as it has been around the Timberwolves of late. So I think they're two teams moving in different directions. This would be a pretty clear sign to the Blazers organization and team that like, Hey, you know, this isn't it. This is, we're, we're going to move on from Larry Nance and pick up a pick. This may be too early for them to do that. I wouldn't expect a trade like this to happen yet. Um, I think that this probably happens much closer to the deadline. If it, if it happens at all, of course, but if if this trade's available and this is a modest uh, a modest if not you know palatable upgrade for the Timberwolves, I, I think I think it's a measurable improvement to have forty eight minutes of Larry Nance and Jared Vanderbilt next to Carl Anthony Towns versus what they have now. This is a trade I would make. Um, at the end of the day, this is definitely a trade I would make. And, and Miles Turner is a conversation for another day. But I want to be clear: Miles Turner would be a better fit for the Timberwolves. But you got to give something to get something. So if you're going to land Miles Turner. Again, we'll do a whole show on this later. You're gonna have to give up Malik Beasley and at least a first round pick and probably something else. Um, so you're gonna have to give something more to get something more. And Turner's got the same contract. It's a more it's a it's a bigger contract, but it's up at the end of next season as well. So you're only getting a year and a half of Turner. So what all are you gonna give up? Um, now sitting here today, without having put a ton of additional thought into it, I think Beasley and a pick and something else is probably pretty reasonable, and the Timberwolves would do that. So if you're willing to give up more, you're going to get more. And I think that that Turner is an even better fit than a Larry Nance. But if we're talking, let's not give up the farm. Let's keep most of the rotation intact. We've got a good nucleus. We feel like the team is, you know, rallying around each other, each other and jelly and et cetera. Then just give up the first round pick and Josh Akogi for Larry Nance Jr. I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, next, what I want to do is... And by the way, we're going to keep an eye on this. Obviously, trade rumors are going to come. I mentioned the Krasinski report about about Miles Turner. Um, this is going to this is going to pick up, and we're going to keep on top of these and, and kind of filter through the BS and, and what what I think is a reasonable trade for the Timberwolves um, as these things come across the uh, the blogosphere, if you will. Okay, let's talk uh, Iowa Wolves and Wolves Hawks here to close the show out for today. So we're going to do that next. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. All right. Uh, we are coming out of Thanksgiving. We're in the middle of the holiday season. Um, tons of delicious food and treats this time of year. Uh, I mean, no matter where you turn, I, I, and I mean, there's, there's, there's just desserts everywhere and they're fantastic and you should eat desserts. Um, but don't forget about Bilt Bars. Uh, Bilt Bar tastes like a candy bar, but it's actually a protein bar. It's, it's, it, really even taste in, in some built bars, honestly, it tastes better than candy bars filled with tons of holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. 
And high in protein, you get the best, best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors, raspberry mint brownie, cherry double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw it in your jacket or your purse. You'll never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor that they'll fight for it and things they could get out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they would make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order at Built.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. Betonline has your has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues their march to the playoffs, and basketball, of course, now is in full swing uh, more than a quarter of the way through the NBA season, believe it or not. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball to football, NHL to boxing, and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Let's touch quickly on the Iowa Wolves. Um, so the Iowa Wolves have, uh, what are they now? Four and two on the season and their schedule this year is weird. They basically, it's almost like they've had a week in between games and they play back to back games against the same opponent to try and limit travel, I think primarily. Um, and they started the year well. Leandro Balmaro was there for the first four games. He's now missed the last two because he's actually in the Timberwolves rotation now. Um, we talked about this. It's probably been a couple weeks since we've checked in on the Wolves, uh, on the Iowa Wolves that is. Um, and it's still kind of the same guys that have been really impressive for them. So McKinley Wright, the fourth, of course, is the is the Twin Cities native who uh, was undrafted out of University of Colorado. The Timberwolves signed him to a two-way deal. And he's been fantastic for them. Um, he's only appeared in one game with the Timberwolves at the at the big league level, or big league, big with the big club, if you will. Um, whereas the other two-way player, Nathan Knight, it has been flipped. He's only appeared in one game with Iowa and I think like nine games with the Timberwolves. And of course he was a rotation player on Friday in the loss to Brooklyn with Carl Anthony Towns missing that game. But McKinley right so far this season has been really good. Um, he's averaged over the course of six games. He's of course started all six games in the G league He's averaging 23.7 points, 5.7 rebounds, five assists per game, nearly a steal per game, shooting 53% from the field. Again, this is a point guard uh, 53.1% from the field, 48.5% from three, which was the concern. He was a decent three-point shooter in college, but people didn't know if his range was going to extend to the NBA. He's already a fantastic plus defender. We knew that, and he's been really good. Um, about a month ago, he had that, du- that double overtime win where he had a, a, a huge shot in the final minute of regulation and both overtimes and uh, was just amazing. He had one bad game, a couple a couple a couple games ago, I think he only had like 10 points and struggled from the field. But then the most recent game, he was back over 
you know, 20, 20 points and 40 some percent from the field. So overall, except for that one game, he's been really consistent for, uh, for the Iowa Wolves. And then the other player that I've talked about a lot on the show, and if you're a regular listener, you know that I've sung his praises ever since uh, the Timberwolves signed him to the Summer League deal, and I did some research on his college career. Isaiah Miller, backup guard. Uh, he's come off the bench for all six games, averaging 24 minutes a game, 16.2 points per game in just 24 minutes per game, shooting 50% from the field and a sh- really surprising 38.5% from outside the arc. Not a three-point shooter at all in college. Isaiah Miller is a very diminutive, kind of bouncy, athletic freak. Um, he's averaging 7.8 rebounds per game and three offensive rebounds per game. This is Isaiah Miller, who is, uh, I'm going to, yeah, six feet. Six feet tall is what he's listed at. Six feet, 190 pounds. Super athletic, plays really hard. rebounds per game as a six foot backup point guard in 24 minutes a game, shooting 50% from the field, does a lot of damage in the open floor, dunks layups at the rim, mostly dunks, but also on the offensive glass, very bouncy, very good in the painted area, really kind of elbows and in. He's a very good shooter. His rebound rate this year is just under 17%. His offensive rebound rate in the G League is 12.5%. I've said this before. I think by next year, he's on an NBA deal. I think he's a third string point guard somewhere. Maybe he gets a two-way deal next year. But I know he's small, but I mean, if he plays that hard and he's that athletic and he's a genuinely good defender, just like McKinley Wright, if these guys are both tenacious defenders, somebody's going to find a spot for them in the NBA. And, and I don't, there's not really room. He's on an exhibit 10 deal, right? So it's basically a preferred G League deal. He got a signing bonus. He's stuck with the Wolves now for a few more weeks, I think, unless another team offers him a, an actual NBA contract, but he's not going to go to another G League team. I mean, the Wolves aren't going to give him a guaranteed contract and pull him up unless there was a longer term injury to somebody that's in front of him on the depth chart. But he's a really fun player. If you've missed his highlights, the Iowa Wolves do a great job of tweeting out his dunk highlights. There's like a whole thread that they've kept adding to with Isaiah Miller dunks. So keep an eye on that. Um, they did mix a minor trade. They they picked up a center, uh, Jordy Tishamanga, recently. Um, they've had some Brian Bowens now playing with the select team. So there's been a little bit of movement. Canyon Berry's back with the team. He's been on the Iowa Wolves the last few years. So uh, they're fun to watch. Their games are, I believe, all on YouTube. So go check them out. Um, and again, they, they've been playing a couple times a week, basically, with with nearly a, like five, six days in between games, basically. Um, but a lot of fun and super exciting to watch McKinley Wright and Isaiah Miller so far this season. Okay, Wolves-Hawks on Monday night. First, let's talk injury report. So Carlton Towns, of course, missed Friday's game with the tailbone contusion. He was a, uh, doing pregame warmups was a game-time decision, didn't play uh, against Brooklyn on Friday. He's listed as questionable. This is the late Sunday status report that came out from Timberwolves uh, PR. Um, D'Angelo Russell was added as questionable due to right ankle soreness. Patrick Beverly was upgraded to questionable after missing the last, I think, five games. Uh, he was just listed as out before each of those games with the adductor strain. Jalen Noel is questionable with back spasms. The only person that's listed due to illness now is Jaden McDaniels as probable flu-like symptoms. So uh, four questionable guys, all with different injuries. D'Lo, of course, missed a couple games with a sprained ankle earlier this year. It's that same ankle. He's questionable with soreness. So Towns, Russell, Noel, Beverly, all questionable due to injury. Um, the fact that there's a chance that Beverly comes back, initially they said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks. We're right at that two-week mark now. Um, so, or actually, no, we're not quite there yet, I don't think. So good that he's already upgraded to questionable. No idea. At, obviously, at this point, we don't know who's playing, who's not. For the Hawks, they've had a couple of injuries as well. They ha- they've had some key rotation guys out recently, Um Actually, they just played on Sunday 
and Cam Reddish was out due to illness. Due to illness, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich also out. Um, so we don't know if those guys will be available on Monday, but neither of them played on Sunday. So they're missing a couple of rotation guys too. The Hawks played on Sunday. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets by three. They've lost three out of their last four games after having won seven straight. The Hawks so far this year, 12 and 12, very streaky. At one point they lost six straight games. They lost, uh, eight of nine. Then they turned around and won seven straight. Now they've lost three out of the last four. They're 12 and two, excuse me, 12 and 12 overall in the season after having made the conference finals last year in the Eastern conference. So they definitely expected to have a better start. Now, Trey Young's been fantastic as has, um, um, as has John Collins. Both those guys have been really, really good. And Clint Capella has been good too. It's just been a really top-heavy team. The rest of the rotation has not been consistent for them. They've had defensive issues uh, kind of across the board. And um, it's just been a disappointing year to this point for Atlanta. Uh, they're second in offensive rating league-wide though. And that, that's a testament to really Trey Young and John Collins mostly, Clint Capella as well. But they're 24th in defensive rating. Overall, they're ninth in offensive, ra- or excuse me, ninth in net rating this season, you would think that they would be, uh, you know, with an offense that good and with Trey Young, you would assume that they would shoot a ton of threes. They're actually 27th in three-point attempts per game, but they're second in three-point percentage uh, because Trey Young's shooting 39% on seven attempts per game, because Bogdanovich is shooting 39% on five and a half attempts per game. Really, nobody that shoots more than a you know, more than a three and a half a game for them is shooting worse than 37% from three. It's kind of crazy. Um, Kevin Herter is right at 37%. Reddish is at 38%. Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, um, who of course is is injured right now, uh, 39 plus percent from three. So if you leave them open, they're going to make threes. They're also a good rebounding team on both ends of the floor. They're very dangerous. It's just the defense has not been consistent. And this, this is going to be a tough game for Minnesota. It's certainly winnable. Uh, you know, another 500 team, the Wolves are 11 and 12. The Hawks are 12 and 12 Hawks traveling on a back-to-back from Atlanta to Minnesota Sunday to Monday. So a very winnable game. Minnesota is likely to be favored. I haven't looked, but I'm guessing they're going to be favored by a point and a half or two points. Um, but I'd be careful with this Hawks team. The Wolves have had some good fortune so far this year with opponent three point percentage, not being all that great. Um, they've given up some open threes and have, have had pretty good luck with opponents missing them. Um, if the Timberwolves, if they get Beverly back, if they get towns back, this is a, I think the Wolves win this game. If they're a little bit depleted, they're going to have a tough time keeping the Hawks off the off the scoreboard in terms of three-pointers made. I think the Hawks will do a lot of damage from deep and also off the glass. Second chance points, et cetera, could be really difficult for Minnesota. Um, Josh Okogie should be available to play. They're going to need him to help with Trey Young and, and obviously having Patrick Beverly would be awesome as well to help and try and slow him down. So um, this is a difficult game for Minnesota. I, I would be a little bit worried about it. Um, again, if everybody doesn't play, this is, I, I'm afraid the Wolves won't win this game. I just don't think the Hawks are a great matchup for them. Um, this is the start of the, of a three game homestand for Minnesota after of course, being on the road for four out of the last five games and, and the, the two games late last week, Wednesday, Thursday. So they are now home for this week. But as we talked about before, the schedule does not get any easier after Atlanta on Monday, then, uh, Minnesota on Wednesday will play host to the Utah jazz. And then on Friday, the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, it's an interesting group of teams. The Wolves haven't seen the Jazz yet this year, of course. Uh, and then they head back out on the road for next Sunday at Portland. So three games at home, no back-to-backs this week, uh, but you know, off day alternating with the game all week long. So um, Hawks Monday, Jazz Wednesday, Cleveland Friday. We'll, of course, have post-game podcasts after each and every one of these shows. So Monday night following the game, uh, you don't have to wait till Tuesday morning. We'll get the pod up late Monday 
after Wolves Hawks. So be sure you're following or subscribed to the show. A reminder that, of course, the show is available everywhere. Thank you, first of all, for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves. Of course, the show is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.